if, if you're training somebody like Madonna, how has your experience been? People that I've trained, one of the things that you understand is it's the, they are operating on a different mindset. These people are operating differently. Um, why? Because I'm a master of my craft. Mm -hmm. And I have this expression that I tell all of my coaching clients and I say, stay sharp. So it's about constantly being prepared. It's about the constantly being where you need to be, staying sharp. Discipline in my own definition means that doing what you're supposed to do, when you're supposed to do it, whether you feel like it or not. So you have to set yourself up for success in ownership. There's clarity, mission, ownership, discipline. Welcome to the world of Luxury Unplugged. If you're passionate about entrepreneurship, creativity, and maintaining a sane mind, you found your tribe. I'm Neeti Keswani, your host for Luxury Unplugged, and join us today as we embark on an unfiltered journey into the extraordinary lives of individuals who are living life to the fullest, achieving greatness, of course, and inspiring others along the way. Today, we have with us coach Sebastian. He's a prominent figure in the international dance scene, having worked with Madonna, Mohambi, and many other celebrities. And he posts over a decade of mesmerizing performances on global stage. Yet his journey extends far beyond the spotlight, evolving into a distinguished career as both a mental and a physical training coach. He is deeply connected to his African heritage and he brings a distinctive perspective to his mission, inspiring individuals and addressing the pervasive global mental health crisis. Welcome, Coach Sebastian. Well, wow, thank you so much. That was an amazing introduction. <laughs> Very well executed. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here talking to the tribe and just really looking forward to, to immerse myself into this conversation together with you guys. Thank you so much uh, for taking time for us. And um, as you understand that we are going to be talking about concepts of coaching, but of course, blending them with luxury and spirituality. So, That's beautiful. Uh, yes. Uh, so just wondering that, uh, you know, what's your story in terms of um, being a dance trainer to uh, actually becoming a coach and then being a TEDx speaker and coaching the likes of Madonna? So how has been your story uh, forming? That's a great question. So my story, like if, I, if we're starting from my creative journey, that's the journey we're taking because there, there are many different stories. So if we're starting with dancing, started dancing when I was 17, went, first I was martial artist, did Taekwondo, kickboxing, Thai boxing for multiple years, started dancing as a 17 year old and literally just from one year to another, stopped completely that, uh, doing martial arts and went all in to aspiring to become a martial artist and a professional martial artist did that uh, or become a professional dancer sorry did professional dancing in sweden focused on doing that for a couple of years then decided to go on backpacking travel the world moved to australia did was there for a while backpacked through asia as a 19 year old came back to sweden moved to norway and that's really where my where i started to really work as a professional dancer did that for a couple of years 
went through hell when it comes to my mental place. It went to anxiety, depression. I'm really fast forwarding here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, went through went through all of that part. Came out on the other end healthier with an understanding that I have to take care and take ownership, more importantly, of my mental and physical health. Did that, started studying at the Norwegian School of Sports Science. And that's when I started to focusing on, okay, how can I train dancers mentally and physically so they don't need to go through what I went through? Started doing that, turned that into a business, turned that into a movement. Fast forward 10 years later, we are now a worldwide movement with dancers training mentally, physically. I'm coaching them. Uh, just literally pre earlier this year, I got back from New York where I trained uh, Madonna, also trained Mohumbi, uh, Grammy award-winning uh, singer-songwriter. And just it, it's been it's been a it's been hell of a journey, but an amazing time. And and what I love about your tribe is really that you're focusing on people much like myself to really want to live life to the fullest. That is something that I'm really passionate about. And I'm currently in the Cape Verde Islands, where I'm this is my base now. This is where my heritage is from, or part of my heritage is from. So uh, it's been a, a wholesome uh, spiritual journey. This entire this entire thing. Wow, wow. So um, tell me, Sebastian, when you are uh, dancing or you are training somebody to dance, um, are you connecting with the feeling of, you know, being spiritually happy and uh, then getting that into the form of, uh, you know, that stance of dance? Or is it that they are doing the actions, uh, the dance moves, and then somewhere, somewhere along the way, uh, they understand that, okay, when I'm in my flow, then I really, uh, you know, get the right things rolling yeah that's a great question so i'm really focusing on essentially three things when it comes to my teaching which is physical training mental training and a spiritual connection i believe that you need all of these three things it's a perfect pyramid we need to have all of these three things in order for us to become the fullest version of ourselves mm -hmm. now some people have a hard time connecting to the spiritual things just because of different reasons. But when it comes down to it and you really start to talk to dancers and, and not only dancers, but people in general on a deeper level and you get that one-on-one -on -one connection with them, people understand what you're talking about. But we talk about spirituality like it's something up there, but it's really something that happens in here. And when you are dancing, when you're feeling that flow, when, when time stops, a lot of people can connect to that emotion. So there is definitely a component to that in my teaching uh, or in my method in general, because also I'm a very spiritual person myself. Right. And spiritually, uh, spirituality not necessarily means about religion. It could be just a feeling uh, place of uh, having that peace inside, or does it mean exactly. something more? Something no, I mean it, it. That depends on the person, right? I mean, I have I've had people that are that have a, a dark spiritual connection, and I'm not, who am I to judge their spirituality? You do what works for you, and if that's an energy that you that you favor at this moment in your life, then so be it. I'm, I'm in no way, place, shape, or form under any type of. Uh, I, I I can't judge that. You need to do that. You need to connect with that, and and you need that inside of your dancing. I know personally, self, I've done multiple shows, but I had to connect with a way darker part of my mind, spiritual or not spiritual. But I had to go in that part of my mind, 
but spirituality can be anything from taking swims. I, I live where I live. So I live in I live in paradise. So I have the availability to swim 365 days of the year because it almost never rains here. So the <laughs> weather is perfect. So like it could be anything from connecting with nature, meditating, going on hikes, hard training, endurance race. People call that spiritual. Connecting with your partner. Do going go by all means go to church. That's not that. That's not. It won't work for me. I can guarantee you that much. But if it works for you, then so be it. That's amazing. It needs to be something that connects with you on a higher level. And then, but that sounds strange. Yeah, it only sounds strange because you never exposed yourself to that. And if you went to church once, or if you went to meditating once, and if you went to nature once, and you tried to connect, but I tried meditating, but it doesn't really work for me. How many times did you do it? Yeah, I tried. Three times. It's like, well, there's a threshold. You have to keep on going. It's kind of like saying, I went to the gym one time or I ate one salad, but I didn't lose weight. It's not that simple. You got to do it a little bit more times. You got to invest in yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what we're trying to promote through this channel, trying to blend luxury with spirituality and trying to give out the message that when you are spiritual within, then you the luxury is the logical next step that you actually uh, get it. Exactly. So um, you spoke about very briefly about the anxiety and the depression and the dark side of your brain. Uh, do you think dance really helped you come out of it or was it your spiritual side per se? Uh, good question. I think it's probably more my training. I'd like to say instead of just focusing on dancing, training was the one thing, physical activity was the one thing that got me out of uh, that those dark places in combination with creating a relationship with the highest version of my mental self. I started practicing thought control. I started reading. I started meditating. Started doing these breathing exercises. I started journaling. Something all of and all of these things are things that I'm still doing until today. That was the key for me because I have clear memories of just waking up, waking up in the middle of the night, completely in panic, my mind running in all places, heart beating in thousands, and really just thinking about like the only thing I could think about is how can I end my life as fast as possible because this is not, not worth living. And I don't have that anymore. Mm -hmm. And then people ask me, well, how did you get, how, how did you, how did this stop happening? How, how did you? And I'll tell them the same. It's like, I'm not sure if it stopped, but I'm sure that I got stronger. So I focused on me instead of focusing on what was happening to me. I was focusing on how do I become the strongest version of myself? How do I, I took responsibility and how do I became the best version of myself? Well, I have to do all of the things that I just mentioned in order for me to do that. And I have to be disciplined about it because much like, much like acquiring wealth, there is a discipline that comes with it. It's not just you work hard because if you work hard, and if worked hard was the was uh, equal or was guaranteed to become wealthy, then every African woman would be would be a millionaire. But that's not the case. True, true. So when you say that, okay, I need to be, uh, you know, I and everybody else who wants to be uh, having the blend of luxury and spirituality, they need to be disciplined. Uh, yeah. How, how do you manage that in terms of your routines? Because you travel along uh, quite a bit for your dancing, yeah. with your dancing troops and uh, uh, training the celebrities, and then having your own uh, peace space. How do you how do you manage to balance that all out? 
it's it's really hard. It's it's not easy. It's not an easy lifestyle. But it, but then again, it comes down to okay. But what do you want? I want to live life to the fullest. And people are we are we are in a generation right now where we are constantly looking for quick fixes, six minute abs, uh, mentally healthier in thirty days. And as much as this beautiful taglines, that's not how it works. You have to continuously invest in yourself, and you have to stay disciplined. So you need to have clarity. Okay, but so I believe that clarity creates discipline. So, okay, but why am I doing this? What am I doing? What do I need to be disciplined about? Why am I doing all of these things? What are the benefits of me doing this? And when you have this, then it comes down to, okay, it comes down to self-love. And I love myself more than anybody can love me. And I believe that discipline is the highest form of self-love because every day I show up for either training or some type of stretching or mobility practice. Every day I do some type of uh, journaling, some type of spiritual practices. Yeah, is it hard? Of course it is. But trust me, it's way harder to wake up in the middle of the night, completely cold sweating, completely in panic. So this works for me. So then I should just continue doing it. I shouldn't stop something that I know is working. So, right. and it doesn't need to be this black or white, of course, but it's hard. The life as an entrepreneur is hard. It's not easy. The life of a... Oh, it's hard in, in the sense of there are things that you have to be disciplined doing. So what's the, tra but it's a trade-off. I'm willing to pay this to acquire wealth. It's not easy, but it's definitely worth it. Right. Um, so when you are training the celebrities, tell me about the stories on that end. Like if, if you're training somebody like Madonna, how has your experience been? Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. When you're training people that I've trained, one of the things that you understand is it's the, they are operating on a different mindset. These people are operating differently. Um, not to mention any name specifically, but people, when you get to these echelons of people, they are, these are disciplined individuals. These are not your average person. These are disciplined individuals and they are, they are the best in the world at what they are doing. And this is why it's so fantastic to be around this environment. I've trained people that, are, that, have, that have acquired wealth or a net worth of three quarters of a billion dollars. These people are, their minds are just, it's so beautiful for me because I understand how the mind works and, I, and to, to be close to these to be close to greatness, to be close to the top percent, the the one percent of the one percent, it's like it's almost hard to explain it because it's it's you see how people are obsessed with their craft, the the eagerness to become better, and the successful people they all have one thing in common. Of every celebrity, every every high net worth individual that I've trained, is they have one thing in common: is that they pay attention to details. They don't make the same mistake twice, but they're also again very disciplined with what they want to accomplish and that is that it is beyond beyond imagination of how beautiful that is for me personally as a as a coach right those are the people you want to have those are the coach those are the coaching clients you want to have people that are willing to walk that extra mile people that are willing to put in the work people that show up for themselves and then also because they put pressure on you these people the, the high net worth individuals these high achievers they put pressure on you as a coach so it's very easy to say like, how can I say this? So I've trained multiple world champions in dancing. Mm -hmm. And people say, like, yeah, but it's easy. They're all, they are, they're, they're already good. They're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's easy to train somebody that is average to become good. That's easy. 
because you just get to follow the program. It's hard to train a world champion to become even better. That's tough. That's the hard part. That's the challenge as a coach. And I love, that's the challenge I thrive under. Whether that is a dance champion, whether that is a worldwide Grammy award winning uh, musical icon, or whether that is the 1% net worth quarter to a billion dollar individual, like that's where I thrive. Exactly. It, it must be, you know, so so many stories that you are in that, uh, I mean, as far as moving around in your dancing troops is concerned and, and uh, training these kind of people. Uh, but obviously, uh, we as uh, audiences are always in awe of celebrities and many people look up to celebrities as role models. So when you are teaching uh, dance moves to them, are you inculcating some coaching uh, philosophies as well? Uh, or you are just going with the flow with them because if that's, that is what is already accomplished with them, right? That, 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 uh, so when it comes to training, I'm training them physically. So as in like everything from push-ups to mobility, to improving their balance, to improving their mobility, to whatever the case may be. And you, you need to have a plan. Like you, you can't show up. Like even, if I'm, even if I'm me and I love, I love improvising and, I'm, and I have a good flow and I'm great at improvising, that's how I made my dancing career improvising. That's also how I, every time I'm on stage, it's an improvisation. However, I need a plan. These are the upper the upper echelons of of their craft. Like these are these are professionals, and they will see straight away if you are not as professional as they are. Now, when I train any of these individuals that I mentioned, when I when I train with them, I come with a plan. I have a plan. This is a clear plan. This is what I'm about to execute. Now, this took me two hours to present to create this plan, but there were moments when I enter a studio, and then two minutes into the studio, I'm like okay, this plan was garbage. <laughs> this plan won't work today. Let's follow what, what, is it then, what is it that you need? And that's when you have to be about what you're about because a lot of people say like, yeah, but fake it till you make it, fake it till you make it. Trust me, when you're in those high pressure situations, you can't fake it till you make it. Then it's about being it. And I've done it enough times that I've become it. It being this high, high achieving coach high achieving individual and when they understand there's also a beautiful thing when you're training this the, the highest level of competitors and high achievers if they know what you're doing they can look in your eyes and they can see if you've done the necessary preparation mm. they can they can they know that so i was training and i was training the individual and we're in her dance studio we're dancing because now I'm, I'm doing the 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 dancing as in the card, her cardio, she wanted cardio as training and a strength training. Mm -hmm. So we're doing the cardio. I come, I've done a choreography. I'm doing the choreography with her, blah, blah. Now I'm ready to move into my, to the, to the strength training part of the training. And she just looks at me and he goes, let's, let's mirror the choreography. And I ask her, what do you mean? She says, let's mirror it. I'm like, yeah, but what does that mean? And she looks me in my eyes and she goes, Everything you've done with the right hand, I now want you to do with your left hand. So if you started with the right hand, now we're starting with the left hand. And for me, that's a challenge. So she's <laughs> challenging me. And never, never ever have that ever happened. Right. But that challenge was a moment when we are, okay, even I can't fake it anymore. Like I couldn't have faked it. That would have been the moment where everything fell. Yeah. But because I've been sharpening my axe so, for so many years, it's like, okay, cool, let's do it with left side. I haven't prepared it, but I can definitely do it. Why? Because I'm a master of my craft. 
-hmm. And I have this expression that I tell all of my coaching clients, and I say, stay sharp, stay sharp. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, what does that mean? It's just that you, you stay ready, so you don't need to get ready. I've done all of this. I have prepared my choreography. I have a backup choreography. This one is more focused on, on, the, on the upper body. Okay, but I also have one that is more focused on the legs. I have a workout that is more focused on the legs. I also have a workout that is more focused on the, on the, on, on the, low, on the upper body. None of this works. Okay, maybe there's an injury. Perfect, don't worry. I have a stretching routine we can do. So it's about constantly being prepared. It's about the constantly being where you need to be, staying sharp. And my cousin told me the best thing. So I'm flying, uh, I'm, I'm in Cape Verde, and my cousin, is, he's, he lives in Paris. He comes here, and he, uh, he's about to fly. And I, I, I constantly preach on him, or like we have a great synergy in my family, very competitive, me, my brothers, and my, and my cousin, but it's beautiful. And my cousin comes, and he's going to fly home to Paris, and he wears a white shirt, buttoned down, buttoned up here, looking really sharp. And I tell him, I'm like, where are you going to go? You're going to fly to Paris. He's like, ah. Because I got to stay sharp. I'm like, but, but, but cousin, you're flying. It's like, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> so that, 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 that's what it is. Staying sharp is a lifestyle. And, and I truly believe this to every, every way, shape, or form. That's a beautiful piece of line that you said that staying sharp is a way of life rather than just one-off sort of thing right yeah you have to you have to you have to because but, but there's this notion of like how we do everything is how you do anything right which is it's just true but but not at the same time true but it's a beautiful mindset to have so when i show up to an interview i want the camera to look good i want to i want the lights to be good i want the light here i want the microphone to work we we you, you and the same thing with you you we you prepared me you set me up in order for me to come and deliver an optimal podcast which is something i highly appreciate from you because so many people, they don't, they just, you open up, people are a little bit slow, there's some, there, there is, there is noise in the background, not showing up professional, they're like, no, you're showing up professional, we, we, you, you sent me before, this is it, here we go, this is the direction, fantastic, let's go. Now, it doesn't mean that it doesn't give us room to, to, to improvise, right. but there's a structure to it, there's a structure to it, there's a method. Yes, appreciate it. So, so thank you for being sharp. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. I have just one more question for you. And then I have one, one or two more. But uh, this one is from the uh, realm of the celebrity coaching. Like when you, you are into celebrity coaching, but you're also into coaching individuals to become the best yeah. version of themselves. So of course. using dance as a tool, do you encourage, I, I'm sure you must be encouraging them, um, you know, to self-discover to contribute to both their own success and being happy because dance is still considered as an art form for many people. Yeah. It's, it's more like a hobby rather than a profession. So when people come to you, are they coming to you with the mindset of I'm going to make this my business or I'm going to learn it as an art form from you? It depends. It depends on what type of where they are on their journey. Cause I offer my coaching is a customized it's a customized coaching. So some people come to me and they say, hey, I just want to learn how to dance. Or, and, but I, my, my main goal is that I want to lose weight. Because again, I'm training people in, 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 in strength, fat loss, muscle gain, mindset. And then for some, they want to use dance as a tool to get there. Some people don't want to use dance as a tool to get there. Some people are like Adel Flores, for example, one of the world's most, if not the world's, 
one of the most world's, the world's best salsa dancers, and Bruno Rodriguez, who has literally won salsa world champion two years in a row. They come to me and they say, hey, look, we want to become better dancers. We want to, do, we, at the same time, want to become healthier. We want to make this a new lifestyle. How do we get here? And then we start to work with that. But then you also have Susie that is 55 years old, has two children, and just loves social dancing. Um, and she just wants to drop a little bit of body fat and put on some muscles and work on her joints and flexibility in order for her to dance longer. But she has no aspiration of becoming a professional dancer at all. Mm. She just wants to enjoy dancing. So it could so be. So it's a very tail. Yeah, it's a very tail. It's, it has to be customized because it's not that. That's what coaching is, right? Like coaching is a customized solution for you. How can you coach me if you're just giving me something that you think I want? You have, you didn't listen to me. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. So in terms of uh, being the coach and uh, the dance trainer and the strength trainer, um, what kind of tips do you have for uh, you know having discipline, inculcating it into our daily lives? So that, uh, you know, becoming from turning from average to becoming better version, best version eventually. Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a great question. And when it comes to discipline, so first we have to understand, okay, but what does it mean, right? Like discipline in my own definition means that doing what you're supposed to do, when you're supposed to do it, whether you feel like it or not. Okay, so how do we do that? That's not an easy thing. You got to do what you're supposed to do when you are supposed to do it, whether, regardless if you feel like it or not. But there you have to set yourself up for success you have to clear all the spaces and before we start to add things we have to remember okay well what things do we need to take away what do we subtract before and that might be mental things and it also might be more physical things okay but so you want to you want to be more disciplined okay but so how do we set that up for you first thing we got to remove is all the sugar in your home how do we do that we throw it <laughs> get rid of it get rid of it is everybody in your home on the same playing field? Does your husband or your partner understand where we're going? Have you communicated this with him? Because if he keeps buying uh, sugar stuff, cinnamon buns every every day, and you're trying to lose weight, then it's going to be tougher for you. Not and you only have this much discipline. It's not going to work in the beginning. So you only have this much discipline. So even me, I have a, I have a rule in my house. I'm like, I did this the other day. I told my friend, because I, I live with my business partner, best friend. And, and he had chocolate from Sweden. And I love that chocolate. But that's not where I am. <laughs> I, <can't. laughs> I just told him, like, hey, take this chocolate. Like, hide it. I don't want to see it. I keep seeing it every day in the fridge. Take this shit away because I'll eat all of it. So I was like, do we have to, what do we need to subtract? Okay, so you got to subtract all the sugar in your home. Make it easy to succeed. Make it super easy. Okay, but then we also got to make the, then there are some things we have to add, Right. Okay, but what do we add? We might need to add friction. What does that mean? Okay, so when I'm going to the supermarket, now I have a shopping list. This is where I'm going to shop. I'm not going to shop anything else. Oh, now, now, I mean, now I mean the counter. Let me just take some uh, sneakers. It's like, no, 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 no. This is what I'm going to buy. Here is my plan. I have a plan now. I'm following the plan. Okay, but what do I do? Okay, but I bought sneakers. Okay, cool. Now I'm not, I'm not allowed to bring that home. That means I need to eat it in the car. What does that mean? It's a smaller quantity. So you have to set yourself up for success. And then we do something that we call habit stacking. Habit stacking when you place a habit upon an already existing habit. Because now we're talking about, okay, but what are things we got to remove? And then we got to add things. So it's like remove friction and add friction. Another way of removing friction can be, I have a place in my home. Here is my gym. 
I know where to train. I have a bottle of water with me everywhere I go. So I don't need to think about filling up a small glass of water. No, no, no. I, I drink this. I have it here with me all the time. I remove friction. And then habit stacking. I always train in the morning. Straight mm -hmm. after. First, first thing, I, or, or even, even, even easier. First thing I do, uh, I have my spiritual practice that I do every morning, which is for me is to light a candle. One day I was in, I used to live in Malta, and in Malta I was under the, what do you call that, under the mentee of a, of a meditation guru, somebody who's been teaching, his name was Pravo, somebody who's been teaching meditation for over 40 years, and a very specific kind of meditation. And he, in one of the sessions, he told us, he's, he looked at me and he said, when you want to connect with your ancestors, you need to turn on, you need to light a candle. And right in the middle, in the where it's warmest in the candle, the blue part in the in the in the bottom of the of the of the flame, that's where your ancestors are. If you focus on that and connect with them, and that was something so easy. It's like, wow, that's such an amazing thing. Yeah. And when I moved to Cape Verde, that was one of my missions to be able to connect more with my roots, which I'm very connected to, both on my Swedish and my Cape Verdean side. I have I have uh, how many? I have twenty plus tattoos. And all of my tattoos are in one way, shape, or form connected to my ancestry. Mm -hmm. So do I have 20, do I have 20 tattoos? Uh, 15, 15 tattoos, sorry, sorry, I have 15 tattoos. Uh, and all of my tattoos are connected to some type of ancestry, my family members. So every time I light that candle, it, it serves as a trigger to connect with my ancestors. And I do that every morning. And what do I do also? Okay, perfect. Now I have a time to do some stretching because I want to do mobility and stretching because that's good for my body. Okay, amazing. When do I do that? Straight after light the candle. So I stack a habit upon an already existing habit. What do I do after that? Coffee. What do I do after that? Workout. So I have all of that thing. So before, before eight o'clock in the morning, I meditated, uh, had this, my spiritual practice, stretched, done my workout and come back home. That's before eight o'clock. So now, now I'm ready to rock and roll. So habit stacking is also something that is super powerful too. Right. So basically, just to make my audiences understand this better, you're talking about habit stacking so that you are able to have certain habits which you can follow through uh, over a period of time. And they should be exactly. something which you really connect with, which you love to do, as well as something which is really important for your physicality and for your mental and physical well-being as well. So yeah, exactly. Your, but even if sorry, keep going, keep going. So in case in your case, it's about first thing you connect spiritually, then you uh, tend to get into the workout mode, and then by the time it's it's the office hours, you are ready to rock and roll. Exactly. And then it comes the question is like the only thing I want to add here is that you do it whether you feel like it or not. You don't need to love it. I can't say that I love stretching. I can't say that I love going to the gym. There are some days I really do not. Today I have extreme uh, muscle ache in my, in, my, in my legs. It doesn't matter because I need to do it. Why? Because I promised myself that I will do it. And I love myself. I need to show myself that I love myself. So whether I feel like it or not, I'm still going to perform this act. Um, so that would be like the only thing. And then habit stacking. So we have three things. So if you imagine a pyramid in front of you, one side it says subtracting, one side it says adding, and then one side, and, and then in the bottom, it says habit stacking. Subtract negativity, subtract sugar, subtract what I need to subtract in order for me to win. 
adding? What do I need to add in order for me to accomplish this thing? I need to add friction for things that I don't want. I need to add a workout program. I need to add a mentor. Habit stacking in the bottom. What are the things that I, what are habits that I'm already doing that I can build upon? Perhaps every day, okay, I want to, then I'm looking at the right side of my, of my pyramid and it says adding. Okay, but what do I need to add? Okay, I, want, I need to add meditation. Perfect. Then I look at the habit stacking that's in the bottom of the pyramid. Okay, fantastic. What do I do every day? I brush my teeth. Amazing. Can I add five minutes of meditation straight after I work, brush my teeth, sitting on the toilet? Yeah, 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 I can do that. Okay, fantastic. There you go. So simple things that can add up to building you spiritually exactly. and mentally. Yeah, exactly. And physically. And, and physically. And, and definitely, I love that piece again that you said that because I love myself, I'm going to do it whether it whether I like it today or not. Whether I can do it today or not, I will still push myself to do it because I love myself. Yeah, exactly. And then if we're talking about for, for, for our tribe here, your audience, it goes the same thing when it comes to when it comes to working with your finances, right? Like luxuries, you need to take care of your finances, okay? But so what most of us have is that every, so this is, it's a trigger. So it's, a, it's, it's essentially habit stacking. I know I get paid the 28th of every month and on the 29th or even the 28th for some of us, I know that a certain amount will automatically go into savings account. And then I know from that savings account, I know there's a certain amount will be invested in crypto stocks or whatever the case may be. That's, ex that's essentially the same thing. One thing is happening and then there is a reaction, a trigger, boom. Right. So there's a habit. So you just take that concept, right? You just take that. Yeah. Sorry? So there's a, there's a habit formation in the financial aspect as well as. Uh, as well always, as always. Yes. Always, always. Wow. So, um, so all of these concepts, right? These are evergreen concepts. Sorry if I'm disturbed. Sorry if I'm interrupting you. There's a, there's a little delay here over over. over no there. worries, no worries. If if all of these concepts, they're evergreen. These are macro concepts, right? Everything that's working in finances, these are lessons that they're teaching us, right? Well, okay, so I'm talking about discipline. What does that mean? Saving. You got to be disciplined with your saving. You got to be disciplined with it. You got to be disciplined with your investing. Why is that? Because you love yourself, because you have big goals. Okay, how do I take that into fitness or health? You gotta be disciplined with your meditation. You gotta be disciplined with your training. You gotta be disciplined with your nutrition and your water consumption. Amazing. What happens if you don't do that? Well, if you don't, if you're not disciplined with your finances, you're not gonna accomplish what you want to accomplish financially. If you're not, if you're not uh, disciplined with your mental and spiritual and physical practice, you're not gonna feel that luxury that I'm feeling when I'm waking up. I'm excited waking up. I'm going to sleep excited. I'm like, I can't wait. I can't wait to wake up. Why? Because my life is amazing. I just want to live more. But like sometimes I go to bed, I'm like, oh, I just wish I could fall asleep faster because I'm so excited about tomorrow. And like, and that's a luxury. That's a luxury. Exactly. But you have to be disciplined to get there. True, true. So people often think about uh, luxury as you know, all the cool things, all the cool gadgets that you can buy, all the properties and all the real estate that you can invest into but it's also about the the way to luxury is through being happy inside and through through having a disciplined uh, process uh, to follow and that's how you can be rich on the outside when you are when you're feeling cool inside right yes yes that is so well said because again 
I've met so many, I've met billionaires, I've trained billionaires, even if they might not be my clients right now. These are some of the, some of these people that are coached. They are the most unhappy, satisfied individuals that I ever met. So what do I need to do? They don't need more money. They do not need more money. What they need is other things. They need to be feeling fulfilled. They need a purpose. They need a mission to go on. It happens something with a man and a woman when we have a mission to go on. So we need that. And how do we get that clarity? How do we how do we keep going? Discipline. What is the first thing we need to do? Take ownership. This clarity, mission, ownership, discipline. Then you're able to accomplish whatever. A super super fast train towards your goals if you do all of these things certainly yeah certainly certainly and that's all it is that's all it is yeah it's it's lovely talking to you sebastian i mean the way you're putting up all the things in very very simple terms for people to understand as well because these concepts are sometimes made very huge and very difficult for a common man to understand and really you know yeah. get the right message out of them yeah definitely definitely and and are there any passion projects that you're working on currently uh, yeah so many <laughs> so many passion projects uh -huh. we had a conversation early in my business but i think we need to slow down on the passion projects because we don't need too many <laughs> uh, one of my passion projects i'm really excited about uh is uh, i i love children i love children i think we need to invest more in children uh, mm -hmm. and especially living here in the islands where i live so we do a lot of works with uh, we've been out to sos children village we spend a lot of time just uh, mentoring younger individuals, men and women, to, to be able to accomplish what we want to accomplish because there is a lot of lack of hope and belief when you live in a developing country. And mm -hmm. I know that I can help people aspire or I can help people understand that. And I want to speak yeah. more Creole, which is now, which is the native tongue here, mm -hmm. uh, which I didn't speak when I came here, but now I can communicate freely inside of that language which is the fifth language now that I've, uh, I've learned how to communicate in, which is super exciting. <laughs> uh, and and, and so, so a lot of it, talking, training dancers here, younger, uh, going after basketball teams, evolving in the community. We just closed one of our mentor groups when we had 27 different uh, former, uh, or not former, aspiring English teachers and teaching them how to use social media as a, as a marketing tool in order for them to make money because... There is, I could just on my, these are 27 English teachers. It doesn't exist, 27 schools in this country. Yeah. So, or in, in this, on this island, I'd say. Yeah. On yeah. this country, on this island. And that's just the first, that's, that's one. And then class class two, we have an, an additional. Class three, we have an additional. So we need to make sure that people are uh, being able to acquire capital with the, re, with the knowledge and skills that they have. So a lot of, a lot of, a lot of uh, exciting passion projects. Lovely, lovely speaking to you. Hopefully we're going to get in touch with you again and get some more wisdom nuggets uh, from you. So uh, truly appreciate your enthusiasm and your expertise that you bring to the table. Thank you so much, Sebastian. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Talk to you soon. And to the lovely. tribe, everybody at home, stay disciplined and remember to stay sharp. Thank you. Thank you.